You are listening to the Sober Dad Podcast, where we talk about raising kids and not glasses. Welcome to episode 42 of the Sober Dad Podcast. Before we get started, as always, please remember to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at SoberDadPod or shoot me an email at SoberDadPodcast at gmail.com. Today we have a dad skills episode, so it's the format where I just choose a topic and just give my two cents about it. I'm not any kind of authority or anything. These are more just what I try to do, what I've learned and all that. So hopefully it gives you some good ideas and you can apply those. A lot of this is a learning opportunity for me, so you can also learn with me. But as I've shared before, my wife was the first one to really start trying to do the better parenting thing. She was getting lots of books and reading them. And I just would roll my eyes at that and be like, oh, we're doing fine. There's nothing wrong with our kids. And one of our kids is a little more, we'll say problematic, but I'm not going to out them but they have a tendency to hit their siblings and just express themselves in a different way. And it has been a challenge for us. So we've been working on that for the last like year, but we know that it can be done. But what going back to the better parenting literature, it was over a year ago now when I tried my first real crack at sobriety without any help or anything, but I actually got like two months under my belt and I started listening to dad podcasts and actually was reading some of the books and getting some more books. And I had learned a whole lot and I actually started applying those things and those things were working as they are now with our kid that likes to express themselves with their hands when they're getting angry and want to hit people. Otherwise, they're very smart, completely normal in every other way, if you want to use the word normal in air quotes, but we went to a behaviorist and they said that they don't think it's an issue. So I truly believe that it's something that we can fix here at home. And I'm not saying don't ever seek professional help because my wife wanted to. So I said, sure, because we weren't getting much progress on our end. And the behaviorist said that, you know, you could try these things and all that. But basically what I'm saying is that's where the journey began with the better parenting. And it has taught me a lot and I want to share it with you guys. So that's what I try to do. And on another note, our 
kid has been doing much better with their siblings and has not been hitting nearly as much and the behavior is improving. And I think it's because of the affirmations and just working a lot more one-on-one with them, but also making sure we spend time with the other kids too. So it doesn't appear that there's any favoritism going on. But with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. And today's topic is keeping your cool when your kids are losing theirs. And I'm sure every parent out there has been in the same position where your kids are just pressing your buttons and or they're throwing tantrums or fits or just misbehaving and you feel like you've completely run out of patience and you've got nothing left and i experience that almost on a daily basis having four of them and my two older ones get along very well but they also bicker at times, I would say at least once a day. They'll be playing together perfectly fine, and then one of them offends the other one, and it turns into a big thing, which normally I have to go defuse. They were working on trying to get them to defuse it themselves, and sometimes they do. But it's a learning process. They are both still pretty young. But on days where it's happening a lot and there's just so much yelling and screaming and hitting and things like that, where your patience is just getting thinner and thinner and thinner and let's say you got a lot of stuff to do around the house like I normally do doing dishes and laundry and stuff for six people is a full-time job on top of two kids still in diapers. So you kind of come to depend on the older kids ability to entertain themselves for at least a while. And when the silence is shattered by screaming and, Then they wake up the other kids from their naps, and it's just a whole thing. So the ability to keep your head when everyone else is losing theirs is important, and it's something that I strive to get better at. There are times where I can still lose my temper from time to time and raise my voice, and the important thing in that situation is to, once you've reclaimed your composure is to apologize ASAP and tell them what you did wrong and what you should have done. So when I do get angry to the point to where I have to raise my voice to get them to stop screaming at each other or fighting, once everyone's calmed down, then I immediately get down on my knees on their level because they're both small So I get down to their eye level and I talk to them like adults, like not like little kids. So I say, hey, I'm sorry for raising my voice. I should not have done that. What I should have done is talk to you calmly and gotten down here sooner to talk to you. 
not only does that help to make you feel better, but it also kind of gives them the cue that it's all right for them to apologize to you for what they've done. And I've noticed that they 99% of the time will take that cue and reciprocate unless they're still in the middle of a meltdown or something. But being able to lead by example and say, Hey, I messed up. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to handle it. Showing them that you're not perfect and that when you do mess up, you apologize and being able to forgive and then be forgiven is important. So that is what you should do or not what you should do, but that's what you can do in the event that you lose your temper. But before you get to that point, some of the things that I like to do are give the kids warnings. If you can gauge the temperature of the room and see that they're building up to something, then, you know, warn them like, Hey, this doesn't seem like it's going in a good direction. You two maybe need to separate or, if it's just one kid, say, hey, you look really frustrated right now, or it seems like you're getting frustrated. Maybe I could help you, or depending on what it is, you say, maybe let's do something different. And if it is multiple kids, then offer them to separate and do a different activity individually so they don't end up in a fight or having a tantrum or something. And that way, it won't escalate to the point to where you are feeling stressed and angry because something worse has happened or is happening. So I guess the quick way to say that is point one would be de-escalation. De-escalate the situation before it becomes something where it's harder for you to keep your composure. Another thing that my wife and I do is when one of us is on our last nerve and feeling the like anger building up or the frustration or whatever you want to call it, we actually tap each other out. And it could be as simple as like if I'm talking to one of the kids and my voice is growing more stern, getting a little louder or whatever, She'll just come up and like put her hand on my shoulder and say, hey, you know, I got this or something like that. And obviously, when you do this, make sure that your spouse is on the same page. Make sure you guys agree to do this ahead of time, because if someone is in the middle of getting ready to go off and somebody's like, hey, calm down, then that is not the best way to handle it. Does that ever work when someone's getting angry and you're like, you need to calm down. Like that doesn't work. It just pisses people off more. So make sure you communicate with your spouse. Like, Hey, I need you to tap me out. I'm overwhelmed or frustrated or whatever, or make the agreement ahead of time. Like we have. And if you notice the other person is getting overwhelmed, stressed out, angry, then, you know, tap them out, be like, hey, I got this. And then whoever wasn't initially involved can take a break, step back, and then 
the other parent can assess this. And this also helps too, so that it's not just one parent that is seen as the disciplinarian and then the other parent is the one that never disciplines because then the kids will notice that. And like me growing up, partly because my dad was in the military and gone a lot, especially when I was younger, my mom did most of the discipline, to be fair, all of the disciplining. And even when my dad was home, it was mom who doled out punishments for everything. So as an adult, I now understand. But as a kid, I knew that mom was the one that gets down to business, so to speak. And dad was the one that just gives stern looks or threatens to do things, but he never did. So point two is tapping out or tag team, however you want to see it, you know, just tap your spouse in and be like, all right, your turn and take a step back and cool off, calm down. The third one I got for you is one of my personal favorites, but that is implementing quiet time. So where when the kids are old enough, obviously you assign them something to do. They can choose the activity preferably, but they need to go do something that is quiet and non like not overly stimulating. So go read a book, do a puzzle uh, or something like that. Something that is quiet is the key thing, especially if you're trying to put the other ones down for a nap and it just kind of calms the calms the mood down, calms the room down, slows everything down. And I like to implement this after lunchtime. So the two older ones go pick an activity, do a thing and preferably separate. They can be in the same room, but if they're doing their own thing, there's less likely to be confrontation and also them doing things on their own helps them be able to, you know, use their brain and stuff and not have to rely on someone else for entertainment. This helps them deal with being bored and coming up with activities. So coloring, reading, doing a puzzle, doing a little workbook, things like that are quiet activities that they can do separate, but in the same room or in different rooms. Just depends on the day. If my two oldest have been bickering a lot, then I will be like, nope, you go to the reading room and you go to the living room or upstairs or something and be in different rooms and do your thing. For quiet time, I don't recommend electronics because then... If it's taken a little longer to get the little ones down, or I also use this time to get some chores done if their littles are already down. So, and if you get carried away doing a chore or it takes too long, and then before you know it, an hour has gone by and they've just been staring at a screen, then doesn't really um, help with their brain development and being able to overcome boredom and things. So be careful with screen time. This next one is pretty self-explanatory and easy to do, but isn't always received depending on the mood of the kid. But if one in particular child is being a problem and you're getting angry and they're angry and throwing a fit about something, 
a good old fashioned hug can de-escalate things. You just scoop them up, give them a big old hug, and just hold it until they want to let go. And if they're pushing you away and stuff, obviously you can let them go and then try to talk to them because it'll it could catch them off guard, which is then kind of change the whole mood. But if they just need a hug and they want to calm down, I know my oldest to give her a big, good, big hug and she'll hold it for a minute or more before finally she is ready to let go. And then you can talk to her and figure out what's going on in her head. And that also gives you time to, readjust and to stabilize your mood and i mean who doesn't like getting hugged right so a good old-fashioned hug and finally one that i have done and will continue to do when it's appropriate is just to step away if one of your kids is just making it to where you just can't deal anymore and you can't do any of the other things or the other things haven't worked just step away. If they're in a safe space and can't get hurt, not actively hurt or able to hurt any other people, then just leave the room. Just say, I need a timeout. I need to step back. And if they're old enough to understand that, and because this technique doesn't really work on little littles anyway, but the older ones that are old enough to know better then you can just say, hey, daddy needs a timeout or dad needs a timeout, mom, whatever. I need to take a timeout to go calm down. And I suggest you do the same. And this one works on my oldest as well, where if she's getting really upset about something, usually something that somebody else did, either her sister or a friend of hers or whatever, just say, you know, if, if nothing else is working and she's just so angry, maybe she just needs some time out. And we're not a big proponent of giving actual timeouts, but, well, we don't call it that anyway, but we do kind of use them. We'll just say, like, okay, like, you need to go to your room for a while to calm down and relax, have a, have a, have a, a timeout, not go into timeout. That's how we use the word. So when we use it for ourselves too, like, hey, I just need a timeout right now, then they know that means to go somewhere and to calm down. And it, like I said, it works. And it's just remove yourself from the situation before you escalate it to the point to where it's going to make things worse. Me losing my coal and yelling has never improved a situation yeah if i like scream really loudly it might shock them into compliance for a second but then they're going to be upset about a whole new thing and be crying about a whole new thing so instead in order to keep your cool and not escalate it or turn it into something else entirely just take a time out have them take a time out you take a time out just separate for just a couple minutes nothing crazy like you know five minutes max and then re reassess the situation and try to talk rationally and calmly with them about what happened and how it got there in the first place all right and to summarize you can de-escalate 
you can tap out, you can assign quiet time, have quiet time. I recommend doing this every day anyway. It's good for their imagination and to help them deal with boredom. You have the good old-fashioned hug. Give them a hug. Try to de-escalate the situation that way. And then finally, you have taking a timeout. Not putting in timeout, but taking a timeout. When you put them in timeout, it feels kind of like a punishment, and it doesn't really help with their mood. But when you take a timeout and just pause, then it gives them time to think about what they did. So... Those are the five things I got for you today on keeping your cool and helping potentially them to regain their cool. And yeah, hope you guys have a great weekend and I'll see you again on Monday. And I'm John Skillman. Remember to raise your kids and not glasses. (laughs) 